Non-stop talk radio, streaming 24 hours a day. Whoa, whoa, what am I hearing? This is TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. Let's return to All Things Employment with Vicki Causa on TalkZone.com. Welcome back. We are talking with Carol Celeste, human resources professional, about behavioral-based interviewing and targeted selection. Now, anybody who's been out in the interview world lately or knows of somebody who may be in an interview or a job search might have heard the terms targeted selection, behavioral-based interviewing, and really didn't know a whole lot about it. So Carol and I have been chatting about exactly what that means, that it's really a two-part a two-headed prong, if you will, two-prong uh, issue where targeted selection really is when a company or the hiring manager is looking specifically for certain types of answers or certain behaviors that a person have may have exhibited in the past or as an indicator of what they may exhibit in the future. And they find this out by asking very targeted, excuse me, targeted questions which in turn leads to the behavioral-based interviewing questions, which really would be an indicator of exactly what that person may do or may act or how they may solve problems in the new company based on what they've done in the past. Now, people don't understand really the science behind it. So and I'll be honest with you, too, to say a lot of managers who are involved in it don't know about it unless they've been trained in it. And a lot of companies do training for their managers on behavioral-based interviewing and targeted selection just so that they manager knows exactly how to frame the questions. And one of the questions I asked Carol before was, you know, doesn't this then prolong the interview? Doesn't it make it a little too long and a little too cumbersome? But if done correctly, there is a certain flow to how the interview is done and to how the questions are asked. And especially when a person is in a situation where they're being interviewed by a group of people or they're being interviewed by many people in the same day, group of people meaning if you're in a room and there's five or six people asking you questions, or if you are have been asked back a couple of times and you've been asked to speak with various people on an interview team. There's a science behind all of that. And one of the pieces that people really need to understand is that each person on that interview team has either selected questions that they will ask or they've been assigned questions that they will ask. Most companies, if they do it correctly, will hand out interview guides to the team to make sure that the team stays on track and that you're asking the questions that are most pertinent to the competency that you are looking at or that you are interviewing for. Now, what happens to, Carol and I just spoke about, not putting notes on a resume. Now, a resume truly is a sacred piece of paper, honestly. When it gets to a company and they're going to call somebody in, it should be treated with some respect. And that includes not you know, making notes on it, not doodling on it, you know, not crossing things out, not circling errors that a manager may have found. You know, it's really you want to respect that piece of that document, that piece of paper, because that is the voice of the candidate before the person actually gets in the room. Now, the other thing Carol and I talked about really, really quickly or, or just recently was about the legal ramifications. Now, in every interview situation, you know, most managers are savvy enough to know that they shouldn't ask certain questions, they shouldn't delve into somebody's personal life or personal experience, they should never ask questions that's going to, you know, that the person has to reveal anything about them on a personal nature that has nothing to do with the job that they're filling. 
And again, managers are made aware of the fact that they need to keep very clear and concise notes. And the question always comes up, well, gee, what happens to my resume if, in fact, I'm not hired for a position? Now, a company will hold on to a resume for a, an infant, for a finite amount of time. Obviously, they're not going to hold on to every single resume that gets sent to them. They will certainly hold on to the resumes of people that they have been asked, asked in to talk with. And they do keep very good notes because, as Carol and I mentioned, too, if they're ever in a situation that an adverse reaction is taking place or a person feels that they've been discriminated against or when they have to go back and, and perhaps let the person go because it wasn't a good hire, they will look at those notes. And more often than not, you know, the, the interview team will compare notes and make sure that everything is done correctly. There's nothing in there that indicates that any questions were asked that should not have been asked. And then in a really, another aspect that doesn't happen often, but sometimes companies will undergo what they call an HR audit, which means the government or the, the uh, EEOC or the governing body in that particular state will come in and ask to see the notes that were taken, the reasons why certain candidates were hired, the reasons why certain candidates were not hired, which is why it's so important for managers to understand and for interviewees to understand that notes are being taken. And that there are certain reasons why, again, to compare the notes, to make sure they make the right selection, but also if, in fact, a company has to defend what they've done or explain what they've done, that legal team will go in and look at exactly what's been written and how these things were put down. So that's why it's so important for people to understand the science behind behavioral interviewing and targeted selection. So, Cal, we spoke a little bit about you know, getting ready for the interview and, and making sure that they know which competencies they're questioning and the team knows which piece of the interview they will take on and how they will go back then and compare. But what other pre-work, if you will, should a manager do to prepare for an interview? Is there anything specific that you did as a hiring manager or as part of an interview team that really worked for you and or the team that you were working with? What exactly would a manager do to prepare for an interview? Well, I think one of the worst things they can do is not read the resume thoroughly before the candidate arrives. Um, and, and that happens more often than, than we'd like to, um, to see. Um, you know, a manager will sit down and say, oh, I've looked at your resume and I see here, and then they start digging down into the resume and they realize they haven't really read it as thoroughly as they need to. So what I always suggest to the manager is to, and, and the team, if it's a team of people, to make sure that you read the resume before um, the candidate um, arrives. It's pretty common sense, but um, I'm amazed at how often it doesn't happen. <laughs> then um, I think that it's important to go ahead and make notes, again, on a separate sheet of paper, um, to highlight the information that you want to ask more about. Um, it, you know, it's okay to ask about gaps in their employment. It's okay, um, but it's not okay to ask about their age, obviously, their date of birth, their religion, that kind of thing. And most managers know that, but it's amazing to me. I, I remember somebody that um, I worked with once who was a, a VP of sales. And um, when I got his resume or the, his notes back from some interviews that he had done, he had written on the top of someone's resume, um, you know, such and such a church. And then hmm. they had, and he had, you know, names of, three people's names, and then there looked like ages. And I said, what is this? And he said, oh, he goes to such and such a church, and those are the names of his three kids. Oh. And I said, and how do we know this? And he said, well, you know, he volunteered that. And I said, okay, it's one thing for him to share that information with you voluntarily in the interview process. 
but it isn't necessary for you to write that down, and particularly not on the resume. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, I think that, you know, the other thing that candidates sometimes get um, a little anxious about is when, um, you know, we talked earlier about getting personal questions asked. And if the candidate puts on their resume that they do some volunteer work, then I think it's fair game for the, for the employer or potential employer to ask about that. Mm. But I think you want to be sure and ask or frame it in a way that ensures that you get some kind of job-related response. So, for example, um, if it says that, you know, they were on the board of directors for the YMCA, um, you know, as the hiring manager, you might say, I see you've served on the board of directors for your local YMCA. Tell me how that's contributed to your personal de- or your professional development, something mm. along those lines. Um, Another suggestion I think uh, if I'd like to offer for hiring managers who are listening is it's a good idea to, you know, engage in conversation with the candidate. It shouldn't feel like an interrogation. Um, yeah. But I would caution you against making judgments about the candidate's responses or choices. Um, you know, if you don't personally agree with the decisions they've made or the way in which they've handled the situation when they've re- provided you with a response to that behavioral-based question, it is not necessary for you to share those thoughts with the candidate. Mm. You know, you put the risk, you make them, uh, put the risk of putting the candidate on the defensive. Um, you don't necessarily represent your company well by, you come off as being very judgmental. Mm. Those are the kinds of comments that can send them right out of your office and right to the EEOC. <laughs> and for those of you not familiar with the EEOC, is the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, and that is the first place employees should go if, in fact, they feel that there's something wrong, either in the interview that they had or as an employee. If you are, you feel like something is not right in your company, you take the necessary steps and you go to the EEOC, you explain your situation, and they, in turn, will be the ones to contact the company and, and do an investigation, which, again, led back to what I mentioned before about the notes. Interesting, you should say, too, about the the sales manager or the hiring manager that you mentioned wrote something down on the top of the resume. Was that recent or was that something that happened years back before we knew that resumes were sacred? Is that something that you well, that, that came no, apart? He was, it was quite a few years back, but he was a bit of a rogue manager to begin with mm-hmm. and, you know, always thought that, well, he knew best. And, um, you know, we um, had our struggles, but eventually, you know, he'll be one of those people that if I'm asked about how I handled an adversarial um, relationship I might share with, um, you know, an employer. But, um, you know, I think people, managers are more savvy today. They realize that those are the kinds of things that they shouldn't be asking about. But they may not realize that it's not wise to capture those comments um, in their interview notes. And I think it was innocent enough. Um, You know, he said that the candidate um, volunteered that information. He just made some notes because it was likely that he was going to be talking to this individual again, wanted to be sure and ask about his children. Um, And that's that's really nice, but it's not something that really belongs as part of the permanent file for that Mm. individual. Yeah, good point. Two more real quick points I want to make before we get to our our next question. You mentioned before volunteering. Do you think it's a good idea? Because I've had this question come to me quite a few times in people who, are, who we've been working with through the company. Do you think it's a good idea to list volunteer activity on your resume? I mean, okay. I, I've, I've cautioned people to make sure that it's not something that's going to designate a religion that you belong to or an affiliation. But if there's something on there that talks about something generic, would you feel that it's okay and permissible to put that on a resume? 
I do. I think that, um, you know, it gives a little bit of insight for the hiring manager or the hiring company to know that, you know, you are passionate about um, a particular cause. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly beneficial if that's also a cause that that company happens to support. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, more and more companies are becoming um, more um, community conscious and um, have even departments on social responsibility and, and a lot of effort being put into um, how they can promote um, the way that their company gives back. And so, you know, they, I think they want to employ people who have those kinds of outside interests. Um, and to your point, I think if, if you keep it generic enough that it doesn't, um, you know, say that you're supporting something that's highly controversial, um, I think that it, it's actually to your benefit. Yeah, you know, the reason, the way I answer that when people say to me, can I put it down? And my response is always, yeah, you're working, you're not getting paid, but it's a job. You are giving your time, you're giving your effort, you're providing a service for which, you know, you're not getting a monetary benefit. You might get a personal benefit out of it, but you're not being paid for it. But absolutely put it down, unless, as we said, it really designates something that, you know, it's going to really talk about your religious affiliations or your personal affiliations. You don't want that. But I, I agree, Carol. I think it's the right thing to put it on a resume. Absolutely. One more point I wanted to make about when you mentioned before about the, you know, the manager that you had, you, you talked about before and, and some managers today. I think really what we're finding too is companies, because of the fear of being sued and because of the fear of litigation, do a decent job of getting their managers trained in how to do the interview. And I know we did that in our company, right? I mean, our, our managers had to go through training to make sure that they knew what they were asking. We did some really, you know, we did a lot of preparation before people were let loose on a candidate. So I think we're finding that now. So we'll probably have time for one more question here. We're, we're running out of time. This has been a great conversation. But in closing, Carol, is there any other advice you'd offer a hiring manager that's key to successful interviewing? Now, this really is, it's a two-part two, th- two part thing. It's for the hiring manager, right, to be successful, but also for our listeners who are being interviewed. I think they'll get some insights into the way you may answer this question. So again, any advice you can offer the hiring manager that's key to successful interviewing to choose the right candidate? Well, I think it's just as important. um, And I think, again, candidates today are much more savvy than they were 20 years ago. And, and, you know, thanks to the internet and all the resources that we have available to us, it's important that the candidate do their homework as much as the hiring manager. Um, You know, the hiring manager needs to have read through the resume prior to the candidate's arrival the candidate needs to have done some homework on researching the company. You know, what's their market? Um, who are their competition? Um, you know, what's some, if, if the company has been in the news of late, you know, maybe there's something relevant that the, um, that the manager will be talking about that, you know, you want it as the candidate to be well informed about. Um, you want to make sure that, um, you know, you, as a hiring manager, you want to make sure that you've made notes on anything you want to learn more about. Um, I think it's important, too, not to assume that the structures are the same in every company. I was at an event um, earlier this week, and um, someone was talking about titles and how titles are not necessarily an indicator of of, uh, someone's scope of responsibility. You know, everybody knows that banks and insurance companies are notorious for having many, many levels of vice presidents. Mm. And that just because someone has a VP title doesn't mean that they... Um, don't have very relevant hands-on experience that's transferable across industries. Um, and, you know, again, you're looking for competencies that can be leveraged to do different kinds of work. And while it's tempting to say to yourself, with so many people out of work, I'll hold out for that ideal candidate, mm-hmm. um, the fact of the matter is the ideal candidate may be sitting just across the desk from you. Mm. 
But you won't know if you don't ask the right questions. And if you spend the time up front thinking about what are the skills and the competencies needed to do this job well, framing the questions in a way that you're going to get an experiential-based response from the candidate, and then comparing notes with all of the candidates that you've seen, you probably will find that this process is much easier than it sounds, and you're going to end up with a candidate that is the right person to do that job. Carol, you've given us some excellent, excellent insight, and I'm, I'm really I'm positive that our listeners, whether they're listening now or they log on later on to hear what we talked about today, will get a wealth of information and a wealth of insight into how this process goes. There's so much more we could talk about, and I'd love to have you come back another time to talk about interviewing and maybe talk about some of those tough interview questions that are out there. Would you agree to come back and chat with us again? Absolutely. I'd be thrilled. Terrific. Thank you so much. And again, to all our listeners, be sure to write to us. If you have questions, you can write to us through our website, allthingsemployment.com. Feel free to ask any questions you may have. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. 